master, subduer, hero, defeater, champ, top dog, title holder, medalist, number one, cup winner, victorious, first, overcomer. How does your heart and your mind react when you hear these words? Let me just be honest with you. All of these words are actually synonyms, meaning they mean the same thing as this one word that I really want to highlight today, and the word is conquer. Conqueror. The meaning of conquer is basically one who conquers. But there's deeper meanings. One who wins a country in war, subdues the people, or overcomes an adversary. Someone who's won a battle or has defeated someone in combat. Conquer, one who is holding a captive or captives. Conquer, a person or a group that invades a country, region, or another place in order to take over the land. Conquer, a, hero a, a heroic person, sometimes with superhuman powers. Conquer. I want to read from Romans chapter 8 today. We're going to start in verse 31. And we're going to read all the way to 39 together. Let's, let's read the scriptures. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things, who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen. It is God who justifies. Who then is it that who, that, who is the one who condemns then? No one. Jesus Christ who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, shall hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, he says, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither life nor death nor angels, nor demons, nor present, nor future, nor any power, either height nor depth, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love that God has for us in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. I pray that it touches our lives, teaches us something, Father, that we are more than just conquerors, that we have a seat in the winner's circle in Christ Jesus, Father. We thank you for your word, touch hearts, transform minds, so we can live out the fullness of what you want for us on this earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Paul, who wrote this to a church in Rome, he was speaking to Romans, and beyond everything that all the Romans went through, they understood the term conquer. These were men and women 
who were part of a society that would conquer different nations. They would just go and take over different nations, and they would apply their culture, they would apply everything that Roman civilization into another people group. And so when Paul was writing this letter, they understood what it meant to be more than a conqueror because they saw the triumphs. They saw, you know, the, the armies taking over different nations. They seen, you know, people being splundered and taken over. They seen people being held captive. They seen treasures of different kingdoms being brought into Rome itself. And they realized, like, we didn't just have all that gold. Now we have all that gold. Meaning they went and they conquered a different place and they took what was theirs at one time and made it their own. They seen the treasures. They seen the foreign kings in chains and in prison. They seen this with their own eyes. So when Paul was talking to the Romans, they understood the term conquer. They seen generals and armies and, and kings receiving adoration and receiving praise for taking over different lands. One of my favorite movies is 300. Y'all seen the movie 300? Yeah, I like 300. And so when you, when you look at 300, you get an idea of what it's like to go and conquer another nation or another land. So these men and women that Paul was talking to, this church in Rome, they understood what it was like to have a conquering mindset. They understood that anytime there was something who was being conquered, there was someone who was being defeated. There was someone who was being brought under control by conquest. And for those that knew and understood the term conquer, he invited them to become more than just a conqueror. I want you to say that. Say, I am more than a conqueror. You're more than that. You're more than someone who can go and take over a society, a pattern of thinking. You can go into a different culture and bring the culture of the kingdom because you and me are called to conquer things in Jesus' name. So here's the question. How can we be more than conquerors in 2022? How can we be a part of this thing that I like to call the winner's circle? And I'm going to give you five points on how you can do that in the context of your life. The first point is this. You have to breach the wall of sin. When I'm talking about breaching a wall, there are walls that separate us from things, right? There's a wall right here that separates us from the martyr station on the west side. There's a wall right here that separates us from that street and the train tracks. If you're going to breach that wall, you're going to have to pick up this table, and you're going to have to run straight through it, and you're going to break the wall open, and then you're going to allow other people to get through easier than what you got through. And so in the context of sin, sin is what separates us from God. We know that. Do we understand that? Sin separates us. It builds a wall up between us and the Father. Isaiah 59 says it this way, listen, the Lord's arm is not weak to save, nor is his ear too deaf to hear when you call. The Lord can save, the Lord can hear. Verse 2, it says, but it's your sin that has cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he has turned away and he won't listen to you anymore. What? This is Bible. This isn't what I'm making up. He's saying that sin separates us from God. Every victorious army that ever marched into any different lands 
eventually spiritually was condemned in the end unless sin was conquered in their hearts. And so we're going to be more than conquerors. We, first, we've got to understand how to conquer sin, how to conquer this thing called our minds, because a lot of times the battlefield is in between our ears. And we've got to learn how to conquer our thoughts, because thoughts become actions, actions become habits, habits becomes who we are, a.k.a. our character. Our marching orders cover the matter of forgiveness of sins. Right? There's nothing we can do to conquer sin fully in our hearts. But there is something that Jesus has done already 2,000 years ago for the forgiveness of sins. Matthew 28 says this, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You're like, yeah, I've heard that a million times. But I want you to continue reading on in the text. It says this, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given you. Did you know that Jesus has given us commandments? Did you know that Jesus teaches us how to live a holy life? That we as disciples are called to teach other people how to obey God's commands and his words that he's given us. And be sure of this, I will always be with you even to the end of the age. In Mark 16, he says, go into the world, preach the good news to everyone. What is the good news? If we don't know as the body of Christ and as disciples of Jesus what the good news is, we are in trouble. We really are. We are in trouble. And I, get, I, I pray and I hope that a lot of people, a high percentage of people in this room knows what the good news is. The good news is this. Jesus born of a virgin, came into this world, lived a sinless life, dealt with all the same stuff that we deal with in life, yet without sin. He was the spotless lamb that God the Father sent to this world so that me and you could once again be in right relationship with the Father. So that if we put our faith, trust, hope in him and what he's done on the cross, and that he rose on the third day to truly set us free. That we could walk in real freedom and liberty from hell, death, destruction, and the grave. Sin has lost its grip on us through the Lamb, Jesus Christ. And then we become, what the Bible says, born again. We get to start over. We get to have a time of renewal refreshing revival from the inside. If you were here last week, I talked about miracles. The greatest miracle of all is the miracle of salvation. It's the only miracle that will never die. It's the only miracle. He says that you will never die. And so when does your eternal life start? Your eternal life starts the moment you put your faith, your trust, your hope in what Jesus has done on the cross for you. It doesn't start later. A lot of times we, pe we preach a future gospel. When you die, you will go live with him. But then people are like, well, what about right now? I want to tell you that the gospel of Jesus, the Jesus of Nazareth, the gospel that they were preaching 2,000 years ago started the moment that they put their faith and trust in Jesus. He says that your life will never be the same. He says that he promised you a life and a life more abundantly. 
And this abundant life is part of the gospel. Amen? Luke 24 says this, yes, it is written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that the message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name and all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You hear me? This is our message. That God would forgive us through his son if we turn from our ways, we change the way we think, and we follow after him. This is the greatest miracle of all. All other victories pale in comparison to this one right here. This is the why we go forth in the name of Jesus. Because God wishes that none perish apart from him. None. Even your worst enemies. He doesn't want to perish apart from him. Even the people you don't like in this world, he doesn't want them to perish apart from him. Even the people that you work next to for nine, ten hours a day, that you, you watch them pick their nose and do different stuff. Like, God doesn't want them to perish apart from him. Even your boss that you hate. You're like, man, I can't wait to not work with this person. God doesn't want him or her to perish apart from him. And so who does he send? He sends you to tell him about forgiveness of sins. To tell him that they can be more than conquerors. They can be part of this winner's circle. So the first thing we have to do is understand how to, how to breach the wall of sin. The second thing in order to be part of this winner's circle and be more than a conqueror, is we have to wield the best weapons. We have to bring the best weapons to the fight. If you're going to be conquerors, you better have some weaponry to go into a nation and try to take over a nation. But the word says this, that we have a mighty weaponry. We have a lot of different weapons. 2 Corinthians 10 says, we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to tear down strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. Another version says that your words, say your words, say my words, are mighty for tearing down of strongholds. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Here's the reality in your life. There are things that are exalting itself against the knowledge of God. In your mind, in your heart, in your life. There are. You might not even recognize them. You might not know that. But God had put his word in you. And when you open up your mouth and you speak God's word, not my word. When you speak God's word, your words become mighty. Your words become weapons. And that weapon can tear down things that are exalting themselves. That means these things in your life are trying to become little gods. They're trying to become God in your life. They want you to bow to it. They want you to bow and give your lordship, your reign to, to whatever it is that is exalting itself against the knowledge of God. Another weapon we have in Ephesians chapter 6 I'm not going to read the whole thing, but we, we got this armor. We got the armor of God, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the shoes of peace, the belt of truth. And we got this shield, right? 
the shield of faith. This is, this is weaponry that we get to fight and we get to become more than conquerors when we start to understand how to use these weapons in the context of spiritual warfare. When we put on this armor, it's not just, it's not just a saying. It's not just an image. It's actually something we have to actually do. We actually have to, do, we have to put this armor on and we have to understand how to use this shield. If I just handed somebody a shield and I start shooting bullets at you, you're probably not going to know how to use it. You got to start to learn how to use the things that God has given you as a son and a daughter. And this armor is accessible to every disciple, every son, every daughter of Jesus. You got to start to learn how to use those things. But some of those things are defensive weapons. And the one offensive weapon it's talking about, it's a piercing weapon. You ever get your ears pierced? Or your, my wife has her nose pierced. And it's pretty nasty when you get this. I, I cringe up just watching that stuff. I'm like, ooh, I don't like that. But it goes in one way and out the other. Right? It pierces. And the Lord says this in actually Hebrews 4. I want you to read this. It says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest double-edged sword. Cutting in between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. The word of God is like a sword that pierces into the heart of hearts. It pierces into the innermost thoughts of our minds, good, bad, and ugly. And it exposes things. It exposes our shortcomings. It exposes our addictions. It exposes the lies. It exposes the sin in our life. So what is that sword in my life and in your life? What is that weapon? It's the word of God. You'll never live the fullness of what God wants for you on this earth if you don't start getting into the word of God. you got to start swinging that sword around. Because I'll be real with y'all, a lot of believers in 2022 don't know how to fight. I'm not talking about fight with fists. I'm talking about fight spiritually. Because we're, we're, not, we're not students of the word. Therefore, we're not students of Jesus. Therefore, we're not really disciples because all the disciple is is a student. Jesus is the word made flesh. So we can't, be, can't call ourselves a disciple of Jesus if we're not a student of the word of God. You're lying to yourself. How can we be more than conquerors and be part of this winner's circle? We have to breach the wall of sin. We have to wield the best weapons. The next thing you have to do is follow orders. Say follow orders. This is the thing we don't like to do. If you grew up like me, I, li I like to break a lot of rules. Still do sometimes. If you're like me, sometimes you like to go all the way to the line. You know, right before it's like you you're not supposed to go over the line. So you go all the way to the line and just test and see what it's like. Any of y'all got kids? You ever tell your kids, don't touch that thing? And the kid, your kid will just, they won't touch it, but they'll, they'll like almost touch it? They're testing to see, you know what I mean, where is the line? Did I cross the line yet? Because I'm standing right next to it? And so me and you as disciples of Jesus, we have to learn how to follow orders because Christ is our general. Say Christ is our general. It says this in Hebrews 2.10. 
God, from whom and through whom everything was made, chose to bring us many children into glory. And it was only right that he should make Jesus, through his suffering, our perfect leader. In another version it says, our perfect general, fit to bring them into their salvation. General Jesus is speaking things and has spoke things in his word that we are to follow. Say follow. Back in the day, I used to play this game called follow the leader. And then when I became a teenager, I still played the game. And I followed all the wrong leaders. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? It's called peer pressure. And then as an adult, now the only leader I want to follow is King Jesus, General Jesus. Right? The obedient, the ones who follow orders are victorious. Hebrews 5, 8, 9 says this. Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things that he suffered. If Jesus had to learn obedience through suffering, how much more do me and you have to learn obedience through the things that we go through on this earth? In this way, God qualified him as a perfect high priest, and he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him. He became the eternal source of salvation for who? All those who do what? Obey him. The obedient become conquerors. The obedient become victorious. The obedient get a seat in the winner's circle. Something about obedience, even to the point of suffering, that commands the blessing of God on our lives. They say it's the crushed grape that yields the wine. Right? There's something supernatural in the context of suffering. Why you're being obedient to the things of God. And that's a word for somebody in here. He's saying, I don't know why my life looks this way. I don't know why I'm struggling so much. I don't know why it feels like the whole world is coming against me. As long as you're being obedient to your Father in heaven and you're being obedient to the Word, trust me when I tell you there is a blessing somewhere along the line. Trust me when I tell you the anointing comes in the context of the crushing. If you continue to seek his face and you continue to get in his word, you continue to cry out to him, you continue to listen for his voice, there is a blessing, a supernatural something that comes in the context of suffering. And Jesus had to learn obedience through the things that he suffered. So how could we as sons and daughters be conquerors and sit in the winter circle? We have to breach the wall of sin. We have to wield the best weapons. We have to follow orders. And one last thing that we got to do is fight. Say fight. We got to fight. Some of y'all were fighters back in the day. Some of y'all weren't, and that's okay. But at somewhere along the lines as believers, we got to get in the fight. You will never win the fight sitting in the pews. You'll never win the fight sitting on the bench. You got to get into the game. What are we fighting for? We're fighting for a, tre a treasure 
that carries more value than anything on this earth. The treasure is the kingdom. And when you start to understand and find this treasure, it says that you'll forsake everything. You'll sell everything. And you'll hide that treasure in your heart. You'll bury it in your fields, a.k.a. your life, your heart. So that no one could come and steal it. Why? Because there are things, people, demonic forces that want to steal truth out of your heart. That's Bible too. Mark 8, 36. What does it benefit you if you gain the whole world and you forfeit your soul? There's a lot of Christians right now who are, for, who, who are ignoring this scripture. You're trying to build something. You're trying to gain something. But yet you're forfeiting something that's way more valuable than what you're trying to gain. And that's a word for somebody in here. We got to fight for the crown of life. Revelations 2.10. Don't be afraid of what you're about to suffer. Don't be scared. The devil will throw some of you into prison and test you. You will suffer for 10 days. But if you remain faithful... Even when facing death, I will give you the crown of life. What? This is what the disciples were dealing with. And when we have a hard day at work, we want to give up Jesus. When we don't get the raise and we don't get the promotion, we want to, we're like, Jesus, you don't love me. When somebody cusses us out physically at work, we want to be like, Jesus, why didn't you defend me? Listen, these men and women were losing their lives. But he says, listen, lose it all. Give it all up. I got a crown for you. I got a crown for you that is more valuable than anything on this earth. We got to fight. We got to lay hold of the fight. 1 Timothy 6.12, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called and made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. What does taking hold of your faith really look like? It might look like putting something together in your life, because all, we all have 24 hours in a day, right? Bill Gates and you have the same amount of time. You can name the, 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 the biggest Christian in your life, whoever you think it is. You too have the same amount of time. It's how you steward your time. T-I-M-E will determine how far you go in life. It's how you steward your time. And so when you're talking about fighting the good fight of faith, it's what am I doing with my time? Am I praying? Am I fasting? Am I seeking the Lord? Am I in his word? Am I in community? Am I being real with my friends and my family? Because let me tell you something. Church happens way beyond Sundays, especially here. Church isn't a program that happens on Sundays. Church is a family, a community, a body of believers who gather around the person of Jesus at Starbucks, on dinner tables, on Sundays, everywhere. And so fighting a good fight of faith, laying hold of this eternal life that I've been promised is to structure your life in a way that you're managing the things that God has given you. We also got to contend earnestly. It says this in Jude 3, dear friends, although I have, I'm very eager to write to you about the salvation that we share, I felt compelled to write and urge you to contend for your faith 
that was once for all entrusted to God's holy people. Some of y'all need to start contending for your faith in the context of your friends. Some of you need to contend for your faith in the context of your workplace. Some of y'all need to contend for your faith in your family even. Contend for your faith. So how can we be more than conquerors? How can we be a part of the winner's circle? We got to breach the wall of sin. We got to bring the best weapons. We got to follow orders. We got to fight. And if we do all these things, that leads me to my last point. If we do all these things, if we're able to breach the wall of sin, bring out the best weapons that the Lord has given us, follow orders of King Jesus, and if we jump in this fight with our lives, I'm telling you, here's the promise. You ready for the promise? You will see victory. You will. How do I know that? I know that because that's what his word says. And I can trust his promise. I can trust his word. 1 Corinthians 15 says this. Listen, I tell you a mystery. A mystery meaning like a secret. He's giving you this revelation. You ready for it? We will not all go to sleep, but we will all be changed. In, the, in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised, and we will all be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with the immortal. When the perishable have been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with the immortal, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he has given us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. This is a word for somebody here today. Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Because you know that you labor in the Lord is not in vain. Stand firm. Don't let nothing move you. And if you are feel like you're being moved and you're allowing things, people, to move you, get back in place. Repent, turn from your sin. Ask the Lord to forgive you. He's faithful and just to forgive you. And you got to get back in line with him. Revelation 21, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth has passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw a holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down from heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. This is the word, y'all. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now amongst the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eye. There will be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain. For the old order of things has passed away. 
He who was seated on the throne says, I am making everything new. Then he says, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all of this, and I'll be their God, and they'll be my children. In the wake of the Lord's army on this earth, with all the pain, all the suffering, all the drama, all the trauma, all the stuff that we have to deal with every single day, we got to look up because our, victor our victory draws near. There is triumph in the end. There is triumph in the end. The scriptures paint a, a picture of This Christian life in the terms of great intensity, almost like a race, a fight, or a battle. And I want you to imagine yourself at the end of the battle, all in. I've given all. I didn't retreat. The Lord says, listen, you're going to be more than that. You're going to be more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Nothing will be able to stop you because a who lives inside of you. You're already seated in the winner's circle. And when we start to understand who we are and whose name we carry and whose inheritance we have access to, we start to understand that we can move differently on this earth. That we, as sons and daughters, are not just conquerors, we're not just winners, we're not just overcomers, we're not just cupbearers, we're not just these things, we're actually more than that. And so I feel like the word today for you is to stand firm. Don't let nothing move you. And he will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. Your victory draweth near. Your victory draweth near. And I just want to end with prayer. If there's somebody in this room who says, you know what, that word is for me. I've been being pushed to the side. I've been being drawn astray. I've been in a dry place. I want you to slip your hand up because I, I want to pray for you. Sorry, slip it up. Be real enough. Amen. How many other people? Amen. Amen. How many other people? Slip it up. Amen. 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 I see a lot of y'all. Let's pray. Father, I pray for those that feel like they've maybe gone astray. Maybe feel like they've in a dry place. Maybe they feel like they're being lured away from you. You said in your word that you leave the 99 sheep for the one. And today I pray as they admitted to a congregation, a church, that they've gone astray for whatever reasons. Know that you meet them right where they're at. 
that you touch their heart and you let them know that they're loved and that they're conquerors and that they have a seat at the table. And as you bring them back home, Lord God, into your kingdom, Pray that you teach us how to breach the wall of sin in our own lives, in our own thoughts, in our own minds. You teach us how to fight the good fight, Lord God, with weapons, kingdom weapons that you've given us. You teach us how to swing the sword. Teach us how to obey your voice, because you said in your word that your sheep know your voice, and that we get into this fight, and that your promise to us is that we will be more than conquerors. That means we will be victorious. That means we will be winners. That means we will be champions. That means we will master things. That means we will subdue things. We will be heroes. We will be champions. We'll be top dogs. We'll wear the medal of the kingdom and crowns unspeakable. We will be number one. We will be a cup winner. We will be overcomers. We will be the head and not the tail. We will be all the things that you called us to be on this earth. So I pray right now in the name of Jesus that your love, that your compassion, that your grace and your mercy be poured out to where our cup starts to run over, God. I pray, Holy Spirit, meet every person right where they're at, even in the seats right now. Shower us with your love. Teach us your ways. We submit all of our ways unto you. Forgive us for doing wrong. Forgive us for messing up. Forgive us of our sins. Today we put our trust in you. As a conquering king. Help us to overcome the things that we're dealing with on this earth. Thank you for your love and your mercy that is bestowed upon each and every one of us. We love you so much. We're grateful for life. In Jesus' name we pray. Y'all said amen, amen, amen. Let's give a little Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Yes. So we're going to do something a little special right now. We got some friends in the house with us today. First of all, thank y'all for hanging out with Crossover Church ATL. You hear me? We love you guys. It's an honor. I've been helping uh, Maverick City Music with their nonprofit called the Maverick City Music Initiative, and we've been doing stuff in prisons and jails all over the nation. And we didn't want it just to stop there. We wanted to go into communities that have been marginalized and communities that have been maybe overlooked because there's a lot of young people in these communities that feel like they don't got a voice, that feel like nobody sees them, nobody hears them. And so as a church, and as a movement of city takers, we partnered with Maverick City Music Initiative, and we sent a bunch of young people, as well as some other churches around here and, and, and ministers around here, sent, I think it was 17 young people to Maverick City Music Initiative Kids Writing Camp. And literally, they were at Studio 12 Studio for the last couple days writing music teaching about engineering and music production and songwriting. And, you know, it was a safe place, a safe creative space that the love of Jesus was right at the center of it. We're making disciples that make other disciples, but we're using, this time it wasn't necessarily worship music, it was hip-hop music. I mean, it's all worship, amen? 
We're using hip-hop music to glorify Jesus. And so what I wanted to do, I wanted to bring all the young people who actually came to church this morning up here to the front. So if you're part of Maverick City Music Camp, I want you to get up to your feet and I want you to come up to the front. Okay, come on, come on, y'all keep coming down, y'all keep coming down. You're going to recognize a lot of them from our church. Listen, what I, I want to be clear, we believe in the next generation. You hear me? It's like half the church right here. Look at that. We believe in the next generation. We believe in what God is doing in y'all. You hear me? We want to tell you that you do have a voice. We hear you. Do y'all hear them? Make some noise if you hear them, all right? We hear you, and we want to empower you to live out the fullness of what God wants for your lives. Some of y'all might not know that yet. Some of y'all might. And we want to walk next to you. We want to walk with you, and we want to see you live out whatever that is. You could be a lawyer. My wife, you know, you could be a doctor. You could be a musician. You could be whatever it is that God wants you to be. And listen, you are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Amen? So what we do is we got, we got these little, we got a little award for them, right? We got little plaques. So we're going to give everybody one of their little completion certificates. It says, uh, in completion, or certificate of completion. This certificate is proudly presented to, and it says the young person's name, for completing the Maverick City Music Initiative Youth Writing Camp, August 26th through the 28th, all right? So we're going to hand these out real quick. You're going to say them by name? Nunu Adams. Y'all make some noise. Nunu Adams. Come on, girl. Look at Nunu. And listen, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. A lot, of, a lot of these young people are actually part of the Greater Than program, which is our youth mentoring program that happens in the Dwell communities. And then we got urban missionaries. We got Jay Cross. We got Cam. We got Jay Boski. And we got Kaden. Y'all make some noise for them real quick. Who live... Uh, many of y'all probably don't even know, they live in the communities that these young people, so they're pastoring a lot of these young people as well. Zay Franklin, where you at, Zay? Come on, Zay. Come on, Zay. Blessing Dodson, blessing. Okay. Jaquarius Freeman. Come on, man, I like that name. Boy, look at that, that's Chris. Come on, bro. Mario Benny. Mario, where you at? Mario! Brandon Scott. Come on, man. You got a great name, man. Oh, Scott. Look at that. Tyler Holland. Tyler. Boom. Tyler. Dante Johnson. Maya Wallace. Maya, Deion Jones, okay, 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 Marquise Randall, all right guys, we're going to, let's, let's, let's go ahead and stretch our hands out, we're going to pray for them real quick, we're going to pray for them, we're going to pray for them, Father God, I thank you for these young people, Father, I thank you, Father, for the heart to just, just be a part of what you're doing. 
I thank you for using Maverick City music that goes beyond the platform, goes beyond the, the arenas and the stages, and goes into the communities, Father, to, to allow young people to realize that they have a voice, that they are seen, and they are heard, and ultimately you hear them, you see them, and you empower them to be more than conquerors and have a voice to do whatever it is that you want them to do on this earth, and nothing will be impossible for them. Men, people might try to stop them, but with God, all things are possible. So I speak a blessing over their lives. I pray that this certificate becomes a catalyst and launches them and they realize that they can do whatever it is that you want them to do and that they go for it, that they get in the fight and they're able to do whatever it is that you want them to do, Father. Protect them, watch over them. I pray that they realize that they're loved in this family, in this community. We love you guys. We honor y'all today in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give them a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.